In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Clarence, it looks like we'll have to send someone down. A lot of people are asking for help for a woman named Carla Kukowski. Oh, no. <laughs> Ooh, splendid. It, is she sick? No worse. She's discouraged. She's thinking seriously about throwing away God's greatest gift. Her life? No, her podcast. Uh. <laughs> Improv yak? No, no, Craig, Craig's List. Is that her podcast, really? Let's not get hung up on technicalities, Clarence. So I'm supposed to go to Earth and show her what her life had been like if her podcast had never been born? I can tell you right now she'd be extremely happy. You've got... You've got to convince her to carry on. There's only six more episodes left. She's thinking of ending it all. You'll spend the next hour getting acquainted with Carla Kukowski. Ooh, I'm never going to get my wings on this one. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas, Carla! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Uh, are you going to miss writing those intros when this is over? Writing them? That was pure impro, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, Craig's listeners, and Merry Christmas. I think if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it's Christmas Eve. At least that's how we've designed that's it the plan. to be. The timing worked out perfectly. And, of course, we're talking about the ultimate Christmas movie, number six on Craig's list, It's a Wonderful Life. But to help us do that, we have a returning guest. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a Greek fisherman's cap, which is very dapper. And uh, you may remember him from uh, such episodes as Lenny. Jaws. <laughs> and also from every podcast, please welcome <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins. Um, happy New Year to you in jail. <laughs> <laughs> have you only done the three with us now? I thought he did another one. No, I think that's it, right? Well, we also were here recently doing the graduate oh, right. episode with Janie. So I did a right. pop in for fun. He yes, did a that quick was pop fun. in on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Janie, As a cuckoo bird. Janie may do a pop in or two <laughs> <laughs> while we're here. It's only she just fair. Vigorously shook her head no. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing about going to Paul and Janie's is we watched the movie right before we do the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I think Lenny we watched separately, but uh, we watched Jaws here. We watched The Graduate here, and we just watched Frank Capra's 1946 Christmas classic. It's a wonderful life. We watched it in the presence of a Christmas tree and yes. a fire yes. in the fireplace. Yes. I did, I noticed that for sure. Yeah. It was very merry around here. We're recording this in July, by the way, but the, uh, <laughs> the episode they will be- They keep their decorations up all year round. Yeah. <laughs> of course, like all- Christmas movies, this was shot in the middle of summer. So, like, all those scenes. Was it really? <laughs> yes. Uh, the fake snow was amazing in this. It sparkles. As a matter of fact, they uh, they developed a new fake snow for this movie specifically. Really? This movie was nominated for five Oscars. It didn't win any of them, but it did win a special technical award for 
uh, for revolutionizing movie snow. And wow. then everybody got cancer. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody got cancer. <laughs> there are no surviving cast members. It's just pure asbestos. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> but before that, it was all cornflakes. And when, oh, when, wow. when you had cornflakes, you had to redub the dialogue, of yeah. course, because actors are constantly crunching the, yeah. uh, the cornflakes. This tea is delicious. Janie made us tea. Mm-hmm. Is it constant comment? Because you're constantly commenting about it. Sorry. Oh, damn. Tea roast. And had, that's the tea. I had just sipped it for the first time, and it was so good that I had to I had to verbalize my pleasure. Well, let's spill the tea about this movie. Okay, sis. <laughs> uh, I'm an emotional wreck. Uh, I just watched It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Did you cry? Several I, times. Several times. I, th- I think Carla was kind of... Uh, Trying to stop me, but I, I think she Janie couldn't do it. Janie and Craig it. cried a lot, lot. I generally, <laughs> I think, since I turned fifty a couple months ago, I can't I know know if I can attribute to my age or just I don't know where I am emotionally right now. I feel like my uh, I, it's a very thin barrier to get me to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's making me cry. I've I've seen this movie a number of times, and I I have cried in various parts of it. I will always, 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 and today I did as well. Cry at the end, yeah, always. Mm-hmm. Like as I, I cried. I feel like a little earlier because <laughs> I knew what was coming. But because yeah. I haven't seen this in a couple of years, I think. But um, yeah, it always, it always gets me. It always gets me. Did you grow up watching this, or when, when did you see it for the first time? I like the earliest I can remember is maybe when I was a teenager, maybe when I was a teenager, like in high school, perhaps. And Carla, you think this is the first time you've ever sat down and watched the whole movie? I think so. I mean, I definitely, watching it, things feel familiar. I probably saw this when I was a kid, but I just don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, like, so, so many of these scenes are iconic, yeah. whether they are played uh, in commercials or mm-hmm. in other movies, like the, you know, the scene at the end is played in Christmas Vacation. Uh, and Gremlins, too, I think. Oh, right, right, right. Really? Yeah. The first Gremlins? The first Gremlins, which is a Christmas movie. And they're watching True. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or parodies. I don't know. It's just all very iconic. So you can't help but watch it and be like, I probably saw this. Yeah. There are a lot of parts <laughs> of this that are in the, the pop culture zeitgeist or whatever. Yeah. I think it's a similar thing for me where I didn't actually see it for the first time till I was in my early 20s, which is what you are right now. And, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, I, I certainly, did, we didn't grow up watching it around the house. It wasn't like a Christmas tradition for my family or anything. Uh, I distinctly remember coaching an improv team in Chicago in the mid 90s and they were doing some sort of warm up and they were doing It's a Wonderful Life quotes back and forth to each other. And I was like, I think I know where that's from, but I don't really know any of these right. quotes yet. And then I watched it when I went home to visit my family for Christmas that year because I felt like behind the times culturally because I, <laughs> I wasn't up on It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, but I think I've probably seen it 20 times over the years, uh, mostly on Christmas. I said that to my mom recently. She's like, no, no, we watched that growing up, and uh, the- she did. She got really parents. sensitive. She did. <laughs> well, I never said anything like that to you, kids. <laughs> That's exactly the tone she had. My mom used to do that, and I would say, "Well, yeah, you said it like at this time," and then she would always counter, "Well, I must have been a terrible mother." <laughs> <laughs> This movie stars James Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> uh, as well as Donna Reed. Uh, Lionel Barrymore is Mr. Potter. Uh, Thomas Mitchell is Uncle Billy. And uh, just a great cast of Hollywood character actors mm-hmm. yeah. in this. 
Uh, Frank Capra movies are kind of brimming with life, I think. Yeah. Uh, there's always something in the frame, people walking through, people talking over each other, and just wonderful people in every little role. This movie is, is, like as many times as I've seen it, I was really, uh, you know, I always discover new things in it and it was, it's remarkably shot, you know, like it's, it's beautiful to look at, especially for a black and white movie. But there is, as you say, there's so much life in, in it. It's like this, this, this amazing blend of scenes of, um, of, of life and freneticism and then so much stillness, you know, mm-hmm. that, I don't know. I like stillness without music, without like music telling you how you're supposed to feel. Like mm-hmm. it's, it seems like that's just not a thing at all anymore, but that, that there, there could be these long shots of you are understanding what's going on with the character just because of their face mm. is, and, and the acting in it is everybody's great. Yeah. I agree. Everybody's amazing in it. Yeah, we've kind of hinted uh, throughout this Craigslist because we've covered some of my favorite performances of all time. And I think I said that my I have three mo- movies that are tied for my second favorite performance. That would be Paul Newman in The Verdict, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman in The Conversation, Shirley MacLaine in The Apartment. Love all three of those performances. Hard to separate them. But uh, I hinted that my favorite performance of all time was coming toward the end, and this is it. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart in this movie, I think, is the best acting that I've ever seen. It's Are you going to cry incredible. right now? I, I might. It, I, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting chills like thinking about it. It's, it's astonishing. This. It's what he does is so. Yeah. It's so real, and it's so he communicates everything so well. Like I, one of the one of the ones that always sticks with me is after Harry gets reveals he's gotten married. And, you know, he's got the job offer from the father-in-law and everything. And, and George knows already what that means. And even though Harry says, I'm not going to yeah. leave you standing here, you know. And so they go off and Harry goes to get the bags. And then George walks over to rejoin the rest of the family. And he's got this look on his face. And then as he gets closer to them, he puts a smile on, yeah. you know. It, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Oh, it's incredible. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. He's having multiple emotions many times in, in this movie. Yeah. And I think that that's the, you know, this is, this movie's hokey in a good way, mm-hmm. I think. But I think people who don't think that deeply about it, you know, they, they remember it vaguely. Uh, it's only when you watch it when you realize this is a dark, dark movie. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's yeah. not afraid to go to some dark places. Yeah. Uh, suicide and just how cruel George is to his family. But mm-hmm. it never stays there very long. There's, no. there's like optimism throughout, even in those dark moments. Mm-hmm. But it shows you that George is a real person with mm-hmm. real emotions and real problems. And this is how he chooses to face them. You know, he's able to put on a brave face and be a good father and businessman and and husband and friend. Mm-hmm. Uh despite the fact that sometimes you just don't feel like fucking going to work yeah. Or, yeah. or you know, you got to deal with your four kids running around your house like that scene with the four kids and him really I mean, obviously his business may be uh ruined. Uh so he's carrying that around, but just his yeah. annoyance at his four kids feels very real and human. Well, in the back and forth between like like holding the the little boy so tightly and and kissing him because it's it's all falling apart and you know like the back and forth between uh you know this is this is all i have in the world are these people but then also 
uh, I have to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, the, the hugeness of life just, but like falling down on him in that moment. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I can't remember which of you said this. Maybe it was Janie when we were watching it. Um, that all four of us were the were the George Bailey that actually got out of town, that left town. You know, like <laughs> oh, we, es- said that. we escaped our our hometown. Yeah, so yeah. I think someone said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I was kind of thinking about that watching it, and because I've been feeling a lot of guilt. Uh, as like my family's getting older and I'm starting to have nieces and nephews and stuff and trying to get home more often. And so that kind of affected me in a way that was surprising of, uh, the person who has to stay, who almost got tricked into staying, not tricked, but he made the choice, but like mm-hmm. being so selfless that when it, when it happens, he just gives into his destiny. And like, that's really moving and, and, and sad yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, and so like when he says things like, and he's totally devastated and says things like, uh, he wished he never had children, which we all laughed at because it's awful and hilarious. And the, the line, why do we have to have all these kids? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like it's way too late to be yes. saying <laughs> It's, it was really funny, but also it was like, oh yeah, because he never actually actually really wanted this life mm-hmm. uh and then it's yeah uh, all, the whole thing is just very moving something that i also thought was i and i know you guys are going to disagree and i'm totally okay with this uh. <laughs> <laughs> which is that for me it does like drag a little bit mm-hmm. um there are parts when i was like oh gosh this is we still have an hour left in this movie and but i realized i think it's because i'm used to as a modern audience whatever uh in a, if this was made today, then the movie would have started with the angel coming down. Absolutely. And we would have seen oh, everything in flashbacks. It and, would have been, at most, you know, yes. it would have been so, it would have been so shortened, you know, his life before he decides to right. commit suicide. And so because, and so watching that, I was like, okay, already, let's just get to the part where the angel comes because I know <laughs> yes. it's coming. Yeah. But then after, like, I really do feel like after watching it, I'm glad that it didn't go that way because I don't think I would have had the reaction that I had at the end or the yeah. emotional investment in his character if I hadn't spent all that time with his backstory. Um, it's paid yeah. off so crazily. It's yeah. so satisfying. It pays off very at the nicely. end when we, when all those different people mm-hmm. come into the house, it's, uh, think about him like just si- uh, like mouthing Violet Bick, you know, when she comes up. <laughs> It's, it's so good. I, I thought the same thing. I, like, I never, I think when I first started watching this movie way back when, I never thought about the running time. Like, it never occurred to me. And, and when Craig told me, you know, before we were going to watch this, that it's a, it's a two hour plus movie, I was kind of surprised because it yeah. never, it never felt that way to me. I feel like knowing the running time in advance, I I all of a sudden was thinking about it in a different way mm. of like, oh, OK, so I guess the first hour is his life and then the second <laughs> hour is he hasn't been born. You know, right. I, I don't even know if it breaks down that evenly. I think it's like the last half hour. I think Clarence comes in with a with about a half hour to go into right. the movie, which okay. is amazing. Save, That's amazing. Save the cat would never have Clarence that is coming amazing. in uh, that late. <laughs> yeah, this, this would never be written that way now. Yeah. It's really – Oh, it's really astounding. And to have like this goofy supernatural thing come in, <laughs> like they start off with it with the, you know, the stars talking to each other and everything. Yes. That's what heaven looks like. It's just constellations that yeah. talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they can move around. Like <laughs> one gigantic sun moves in from somewhere else. But that, um, 
you forget about that framing device. Like yeah. once once it gets into the story and then every once in a while there's some voiceover from the, the heavenly constellations talking to each other again. And then you completely forget about it yeah. for a long time. <laughs> and it's it's but it still feels like the same movie. It shouldn't. It yeah. should feel like completely different. But to me to me anyway, it it's it all works somehow. It's literally a Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was kind of looking at uh, where this ranked on various AFI lists, uh, and I think it showed up as like the number three fantasy movie. And I'm like, fantasy movie? I'm like, I guess it is a yes. fantasy movie uh, in a sense. Boo. It's the number one most inspirational movie on the AFI list. Sure. Number 20 overall. George Bailey, the number nine hero. Mr. Potter, the number six villain. Okay, these are a lot time. of lists. Are these all online on the AFI website? That's right. I love lists. Can you imagine having that job? <laughs> Can you imagine having it that job? Repeat. <laughs> I send in a resume every year. Yeah. I still <laughs> not heard from them. Have you sent in a list of reasons why they should hire you? <laughs> Maybe that's what they're looking for. <laughs> uh, nominated for five Oscars, including picture, director, and actor, but lost to the best years of our lives in every mm. category, which is another Hollywood Never classic. Never seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it in years, but it's actually that's also a very, a very long, but uh, very moving. It's worth uh, seeing for movie. sure. I saw it a long time ago. Yeah, and it is about servicemen who are just coming coming back from the war, and literally made the year after the the war was over. Yeah. Now James Stewart uh, was coming off of a five year hiatus of not acting. He had not made a film since 1941 because he served in the war as a, as a wow. fighter pilot. So. Uh, imagine a big Hollywood star. He had already won Best Actor for uh, the Philadelphia Story. Uh, he had been nominated for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington in 1939. But we haven't seen him in a picture in five years. And uh, this is what he does. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Um, so I've seen the Philadelphia Story, but it's been a long time, so I don't remember it. And I've never seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Is the stutter that he has in this film, is that a character? Oh, it's not a character choice. That's choice. It. That's him. That's yeah. actually how he speaks. Okay. Yes. And I don't, I don't want to say stutter, uh, cause <laughs> that's probably a stammer. Yeah. There he, you had go. A, he had a style for sure. Right. Yeah. 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 And I was just wondering if that was something he did for this character, cause it's really effective for this character. No, but. I think that's Jimmy Stewart. I mean, it's it's very unique and, you know, he's he's just one of the more idiosyncratic actors, mm-hmm. but I, I just think, again, he plays so many levels in this. He's funny when he needs to be funny, yeah. romantic, you know, and his desperation, I think, is the thing that really yeah. hits me. And few actors can give a speech like him, too. When he stands up to Potter in the board meeting, like, yeah. that's such a great speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Of course, he does a lot of speeches in that as Don't well. Don't say, of course, like I've seen it. Of course. <laughs> I just said, I just literally said I haven't seen it. <laughs> but we, we just did Casablanca, which is about a half hour shorter than this. And we were talking about how much, you know, compared to most Hollywood movies at the time of like, it really cooks, like it just it burns through mm-hmm. plot right away and kind of gets to the, uh, the end. This, you know, it, it is fair to say this maybe drags uh, in comparison to that, but I think I don't it, know if it's fair to say that. Yeah. I just felt that, but I can acknowledge that maybe that's not fair. <laughs> but I, I think it's the weight of really living with George for a while and getting to yeah. appreciate his whole life that makes the ending so remarkably moving. I agree. At least for me, I also agree. <laughs> I agree. I was the one who well, said it first. We all agree. <laughs> There's a John Cassavetes quote about Frank Capra, which is, I don't know if America ever existed or if Frank Capra just invented it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> because uh, he definitely, you know, we kind of talked about small towns, and this movie is certainly very romantic to the idea of being in a small town. But I think 
even more generally, it's kind of about just appreciating the life that you have, no matter what mm-hmm. that is, you mm-hmm. know, and appreciating your, your friends and family. And that's what really makes a life and not necessarily, not everyone's going to get to go out there and, and follow their dreams, but uh, <laughs> it's so moving. it's time you appreciated that. <laughs> Thematically, it just works for me. <laughs> but certainly that's a staple of all of Capra's films is kind of the, the romantic romanticization of America. And then he also went off and made propaganda, you know, he almost made propaganda studio films for yeah. the idea of America and American values. And then he literally made propaganda films for the military mm-hmm. during the war. Uh, we've covered one of his films already. It happened one night. I love it happened one night. One of my favorites, Paul. Okay, Carla. Seen it? I, Have you seen it? You know it? what I saw a long time ago? It's great. Stop wearing undershirts, of course. Right, of course. <laughs> now there were hitchhiking a lot of, with your leg out in the street. Sorry, hitchhiking with my leg out. Stop wearing undershirts. <laughs> Put a bed sheet in my bed. <laughs> Oops. I Ran did. away from your overbearing father. It's one of the few movies based on a booklet. On a, based on a booklet? <laughs> what? What does that mean? A writer named Philip Van Doren Stern wrote a short story called The Greatest Gift and published it as a booklet. Oh. A uh, booklet? Not even a, a, a not novella? Even a full, not even a full-fledged novella. Or a short story. Where do you buy booklets story. at? Was it a magazine? I bet you bought it at the the newsstand. Back okay. in the day, you'd Maybe. buy a booklet. It was about a 20 page booklet. booklet. It was a short story called The Greatest Gift and it was optioned by, uh, RKO. But uh, it's like, it's, it's a Christmas carol, right? I mean, isn't this movie essentially that? It's a variation. Yeah. Which, you know what? I never really thought about until I watched it today. Oh, yeah. I don't know why because Christmas Carol is one of my favorites yeah. of all time. In yeah. any incarnation. Pretty much. Yeah. Although there's one – I saw a trailer for one that FX is doing that's going to be on next week. And it's a uh, it's a dark reimagining of A Christmas Carol, which is already mm. pretty dark. It's dark. Um, but I guess there was a scene where uh, Ebenezer Scrooge tries to – Pay Bob Cratchit's wife to oh, have no. sex with him or something. Oh, no. like, yeah, I don't know what they're fucking doing. It's made. It was. Uh, it's produced by the people who made by Peaky Ryan Murphy. Blinders. Oh. No, not Ryan Murphy. You would think. Yes. <laughs> oh, the Peaky Blinders people. Yeah. Oh, they're the worst. I mean, um, I know. <laughs> I know. Beat for beat, that's not what this is. But like, it's definitely in the vein of. Oh and, yeah, it's yeah. definitely a variation on it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and but and and big uh, shut up. And <laughs> and that when I when that dawned on me, I was like, oh, this is great because so many people just redo a Christmas Carol by putting it in a different setting right. or something like that. And what they did was okay. What's a different wh- what's a different lesson that you can learn? You right. know, and the idea of the idea of one life touching so many other lives and that you are important to someone, you know, whether yeah. you, whether you're always aware of that or not is like, a, it's a different message than a Christmas Carol. And, uh, but they're, but they're, uh, they're side by side, you know, yeah. I thought, I thought it, I, I feel, it feels ridiculous that I'd never was aware of that before, right. but how clever that was. I think I just, because I hadn't actually seen it, I had just, from what the clips that I had seen, assumed that it was similar. So then I guess watching it today, I realized how different it is, mm-hmm. even though it's still similar. Yeah. Christmas uh, Carol is a bad man realizing, uh, uh, becoming a good man. Mm-hmm. This is about a good man realizing that he is a good man. Um, 
The worst Christmas Carol version I ever saw was with Susan Lucci as Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh! <laughs> but like the worst, most wonderful. Uh-huh. What was her name in it? Was that just I a dream know. sequence on All My up. Kids? Nope. I probably, it was probably 15 years ago that I saw it. Did wow. you ever see a Divas Christmas Carol with, uh, Vanessa Williams? <laughs> oh yes, I have. And I think her name in it is Ebeneza Scrooge. <laughs> I think so. Guys, next Christmas, let's watch all the versions of Christmas Carol we can find. Oh God. I mean, this is And not podcast days. it and just have it as an experience between us. Just for us. Like a lock-in where we're it's like 24 <laughs> hours. And we're allowed to say fast forward. Did you? <laughs> We're also allowed to say stop. Take this one off. <laughs> Put on it's a wonderful life. <laughs> Did you ever see the musical Scrooge with Albert Finney? No. Yes, that's fun. It's great. Yeah. Oh, I love Albert yeah. Finney. Yeah, yeah. That so was, he sings in it. Yeah. yeah. And dances. Yes. Oh, like Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> but, but this is even before Anna. Like he was oh, relatively. Really? He was maybe forty. Oh, he was when a he young dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was Ebenezer Scrooge. He's in yeah. old man makeup. I yeah. have to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like great. Seventy-two. I it's think really good. That. Fun yeah. songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for audiences watching It's a Wonderful Life at the time, they would have known Lionel Barrymore because he w- did a famous radio version of Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge every year. Oh, really? Every year? Every year. So wow. uh, Mr. Potter, clearly a Scrooge figure, mm-hmm. uh, and Lionel Barrymore did both. He's so he's great in this too, he is. and like he is totally evil, unflinching. Yeah, it's just he plays the shit out of that yeah. character. Yeah. So RKO uh, bought this booklet uh, to develop it for Cary Grant. Oh. It would be a different movie with Cary Grant. Uh, at different times, Dalton Trumbo, Clifford Odets, and Dorothy Parker all did passes. Wow! Wow! On this script. Uh, uncredited. It's a lot of different types of writers. Hmm. And this movie was <laughs> not a flop, as it's sometimes reported, but it was not a hit either. It was 26th at the box office for 1947. Sounds like a flop to me. <laughs> came out. There were only 27 movies that came out at that time. Uh, it was released five days before Christmas, 1946. And it was kind of the end of Capra's Hollywood career. Uh, he was... Uh, disappointed in how this movie went and he lived, uh, till the year 1991. Mm-hmm. I think he only made five more features after this. Wow. He stopped making features in 1961 and only one of them is really notable, which is State of the Union, which is a Hepburn Tracy movie that he made right after this. But this was kind of the end of a, of a run of classics that he had made starting with It Happened One Night. Mm-hmm. Also covers You Can't Take It With You. Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Meet John Doe. Lost Horizon oh, and Arsenic wow, yeah. and Old Lace mm-hmm. uh, were all Capra movies. Wow, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, though, the writers they ended up working with was not a harmonious collaboration. Uh, it was a husband and wife team, uh, Albert Hackett and uh, somebody Goodrich. Goodrich called Capra that horrid man and recalled <laughs> he couldn't wait to get writing it himself. Um, we're getting near the end and word came that Capra wanted to know how soon we'd be finished. So my wife said, we're finished right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we quickly wrote out the last scene and we never saw him again after that. He's a very arrogant son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 
like, <laughs> there were also stories about that when I was doing my research on Casablanca as well. It feels like that for any like classic Hollywood movie, like there's just especially a beloved classic, and especially mm-hmm. something that's like heartwarming. Like you don't want to delve too deep <laughs> into the personalities behind it because it's yeah. always disappointing. <laughs> so they renamed it from the greatest gift. Uh, Capra renamed it. It's a Wonderful Life. Credited to Goodrich Hackett and Capra with additional scenes by Joe Swirling. Uh, Seneca Falls, New York claims to be the inspiration for Bedford Falls. Okay. And apparently they have every year a It's a Wonderful Life celebration. What does that entail? <laughs> what, what do you think it should be? They turn their town into just tons of strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> so they honor Pottersville more yeah. than uh, yeah, Bedford yeah. Falls. Well, they're Bedford Falls all year round. And then <laughs> <laughs> they turn into Pottersville, turn into Pottersville. <laughs> for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a really good idea. It's <laughs> actually not bad. Uh, they had also considered uh, Jimmy Stewart's best friend as the lead for this movie. His best friend being Humphrey Bogart. Uh, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Oh. Uh, after college, that Henry Fonda and Jimmy Stewart were in a acting company together, mm-hmm. and they remained best friends uh, till the end of their lives. I never knew that. And they they made a, a few movies together as well. And Jimmy Stewart also starred in The Shop Around the Corner, later the inspiration mm-hmm. for You've Got Mail, with uh, another of his best friends, Margaret Sullivan, who was, Tom in, Hanks. Who was Tom Hanks's um, lover. I'm uh, sorry I interrupted you. It was so rude. <laughs> uh, Margaret Sullivan was Henry Fonda's first wife uh, and was also a lifelong friend of, of Jimmy Stewart. Is that Stewart. Jane Fonda's mother? No, I don't believe she was. Ew. No. Ew. He Awkward. left her for Jane Fonda's mom. And then he left Jane Fonda's mom for another lady. Oh, I know all about Henry Fonda. <laughs> you got the receipts? <sighs> so Bedford Falls was shot on the in, uh, the RKL movie ranch, which was Encino. It was raised in 1954. But it's, uh, but it's a pretty impressive small town set, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. But there is one location used in the movie that you can still visit to this day. Any uh, anyone like to hazard a guess? What? A location they used in this movie you can still visit to this day in Los Angeles. It's got to be the bridge. The bridge where he. Uh, nope, that's not about it. I can himself. tell by the way you responded that I was totally wrong. <laughs> if you go to Beverly Hills High School, let Paul answer. I think he's got oh, it. Oh, the swimming pool. You can see the dance floor that opens uh, up into a swimming wow. pool. It's it's still used to this That's day at Beverly so Hills weird, High. Because I thought for sure building. that that wasn't a real thing. It's bizarre. Isn't it's it? the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Underneath the gym, you have a full functioning swimming pool. And, and they still use it that way? I guess they do. We got to go, you guys. <laughs> Let's go. I never caught it before, but the, the principal or whatever of the school is saying we save money on a second building. I was like, well, it makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah you've got swim season. You've got basketball season, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, there is one exterior that was used, which is uh, Martini's house, which is in La Cunada. <laughs> uh, now this movie, due to a clerical error, became public domain. Oh what? For, for oh years. no! Did you guys know this? I no. didn't. I think I knew that it was. It became public domain, but I didn't know that it was an accident. <laughs> Somebody didn't fill out a form properly. Wow. Uh, apparently, oh, wow. so the copyright was not renewed on this, which is partially why it became a Christmas classic because anybody right. could put oh. it out and show it on TV without having to pay. So it probably royalties. helped it in the long run. I think it did Absolutely. because it kind of disappeared from the scene for about 30 years. And on commercial television, it would have run.
run for the running time would have been like three or maybe longer. Exactly. Hours. Yeah. If you're a local TV station looking to yeah. fill time, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you you play some commercials. It's a three hour slot. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, uh, some some studio managed to get the rights back because they owned the rights to the original booklet. <laughs> So the copyright on the on the movie itself had passed, but they still own the rights to the Greatest Gift booklet, wow. and so they were able to kind of. Uh, I want to find that booklet online and see. yeah, it's got to be. It's on eBay. Well, I don't want to buy it. <laughs> I just want to look at the PDF. <laughs> yes, that's all. Where is a PDF? That's all I want. <laughs> uh, well, let's go chronologically through the movie All a little right. bit with a segment that we'd like to call A Carla's Quotes. Oh, boy. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. Some real cheap-ass opening titles, by the way. This is one of those things where you... you is that a Carla's Quote or a Craig's no. <laughs> no, this is... Uh, this is me. This is me talking. This is a Craig's note. Yeah, this is a Craig's note. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> We're going to have Craig's notes. We're going to have Carla's quotes. We're going to have Janie's jokes. We're going to have Paul's points. <laughs> so we, have, we do have some quotes from, from everyone, I think. Janie has to come in and say hi, though, before we end today. <laughs> she won't do it. Oh, come on. Uh, but it is one of those opening titles where you almost literally see a hand, like, ripping the uh, the pages yeah. away, yeah. you know. Uh, which is like, they're not trying to fake anything. Like, that's just how it was done yeah. at the time. They're decorated nicely. Opening mm-hmm. titles with somebody opening a book. Yeah. Like, let's meet all the people who worked on this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> Clarence described as the IQ of a rabbit, the faith of a child. Oof. How'd you like to be getting a casting breakdown with that for, for a character? <laughs> Would that be a pass, do you think? Uh, I, w- <laughs> I would hate like showing up in that waiting room and seeing the other guys who look just as stupid as I do. <laughs> you think I look as dumb as this guy? <laughs> So I, once we stop recording, I want to know who all those guys are that you think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been going against the same guys for years, and I, I know yeah. who they are. Yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll do that after um, for our Patreon listeners. Uh, we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> We're just trying to get through this. We're almost at one. No time to put together a Patreon. So we open uh, with the angels in heaven looking down at George Bailey. It's his crucial night. You know, we all have that crucial night in our lives. Yeah. I'm, did I have mine yet? I'm not sure. <laughs> Were you contemplating suicide? Yeah. Is that, is that, do you think that's specifically what crucial I, night no, means? No. I think in, in George's case it is, but <laughs> right. I think everybody's crucial, crossroads. Like everybody's crucial mine, nights might be different. Maybe mine came and went. <laughs> and you didn't even know. You didn't even journal about it. Oh. I don't like that. I uh, want to know what my crucial night is or was. Can I tell you that I had a George Bailey thing happen to me once? You know about this. But Where I, an entire community opened their hearts up to you? No. When I lost almost $8,000. Oh, holy shit. But it was closer to $6,000. I was an apartment Jesus. manager. That's right. And I had yeah. like all of these side jobs just trying to make ends meet. And I collected everybody's rent checks and put them in a folder and went to my other part-time job and left the folder in the bathroom. Went in the did bathroom! It- <laughs> in the bathroom. Like, because I didn't want to take it into the stall with me. So I set it on the table sure. next to the sink. Sure. This is none of this is good judgment. Um, then I went and did an improv show. Didn't even – went to the bar after and hung out with friends Got back home and didn't even realize it was missing until past 11 o'clock at night. Oh. And I was up all night. 
I was pacing and crying mm. and like sweating just like he does. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm yeah. going to have to pay. And I didn't have any money at the time. I mean, I have a lot now, so it'd be fine now. Uh, but I had no idea what I was going to do. Yeah. And then I, Got up the next morning. I drove to that job, and the secretary, the admin, had held it for me. Oh. Can you believe that? I mean, you guys, that's. And did she know what was in there? Yeah, that's why she she didn't know whose it was because my name wasn't on it. Right. But she was like, it looked really important, and like I should hold it for someone. She in didn't the office. pull Mr. Potter and just like no. watch you squirm from a distance. <laughs> no, isn't uh, that crazy? That's wild. But what? you were you were so harsh to Uncle Billy watching this movie when you had made the same error in judgment but that he had. But he's like an old man; he should know better. <laughs> he what what? So, first of all, this movie so perfectly captures anxiety over money, like nothing I, I've I, ever oh, seen before. Paul, I totally you, agree with you. Oh, you feel it so viscerally, yes. so yes. viscerally. Like there's nothing like that. Like no, no, no. I have to find that money. If you've I need ever to come up with that money just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This the, you know, like this is something you could potentially yeah. kill yourself over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, not to laugh at suicide because it's not funny, but absolutely, this would like push you in a bad direction. Mm-hmm. No, it's very stressful. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one, it's, it's one of the few. I mean, this is, this is, it's such a minor quibble and it's a, the quibble that you have with a movie that you've seen multiple times. But the idea that Uncle Billy, couldn't remember at all, at all. <laughs> at all. Have, as they walk, they walk him through his entire day. Yeah, at and all. And he never says like, "I saw Potter. Uh, we exchanged barbs." I leaned over and grabbed yeah, his book yeah, yeah, and then yeah. handed it back to him. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't know that that again. Like, I, there was only certain things I remembered. I didn't know that that was what happened. So when it happened and I saw it today, like, it made me want to puke. Yeah. Like when you see him hand the envelope to Potter, it's yeah. the worst, scariest, most upsetting. It's like dead man walking. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's like that's the vibe. Yeah, I feel like I heard you gasp when Jimmy Stewart yanks him to his feet. <laughs> He's like, where's that money, you stupid, silly old fool? (laughs) Yes. fuck. Imagine if somebody did that to you. (gasps) If, like, you fucked up and somebody's grabbing you by your lapels and hoisting you to your feet (laughs) and yelling in your face. (laughs) And knowing that you deserve it, too. Yeah. It's totally your fault. Yeah. It's totally your fault. I really feel like stupid and silly need to come back as insults as well, you know, just because, like, there was a a time in- old people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there was a time and place where profanity itself was, like, literally shocking, you know, and now, like, the F word is so played out and means so many different things, you know, and you use that- You use real profanity with your friends, you know, that if you really wanted to insult the shit out of someone, you'd be like, you silly, stupid old fool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You ninny. <laughs> Paul just magically got a package. <laughs> Christmas came early. It always does around these parts. <laughs> uh, so, okay, here's a real Carlos quote. Uh, so then we, we start to flash back through George's life. We first see him as a young boy of about 12 and, uh, he and his buddies are all sledding on shovels. Oh yeah. And Carlos said, whoa, sledding on shovels. That could hurt their crotch. (laughs) And it could and it probably did. And then of course Harry Bailey is a a horrific crotch injury (laughs) that George (laughs) saves him from. Uh, but that's like, okay, this is a trope of these old movies that was like falling through ice, right? 
<laughs> so you know it's going to happen, right? Somebody's always going to fall through ice. Like any time yeah. in an old movie when there's ice and kids are skating or something, like yeah. people fall through it, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. No, know. you don't know. Chekhov's <laughs> ice, yeah. Chekhov's <laughs> ice. <laughs> oh, I drank like four of those last night, and I'm really feeling it today. I think the kid who plays young George is fantastic. He's great. He's uh, great. So, and I also yeah. love the idea of like, this is such a small town that of like, in the drugstore when they're all 12, it's like George, Violet, Mary, just all <laughs> hanging out. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a little ridiculous. Shop. Yeah. And Mr. Gower doesn't age a year and 30 years. He's already ancient. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's pretty great though. Oh, like real good drunk acting. I yeah. mean, that was the and first time acting. I, I yeah. cry in the movie, which is, uh, I mean, it's partially just me knowing the whole arc of the movie. Janie's nodding. That's when she cried too. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Gower and, uh, and young George, like it's a heartbreaking scene yeah. where Mr. Gower is almost, uh, going to accidentally poison someone by sending them the wrong pills. I totally and, was confused in this moment and it's probably because because I wasn't doing a great job of paying attention, but I thought he took the poison himself. And then George was going to look for his dad to be like, he, he took the poison. Yeah. And then I realized that he was trying to give the poison to someone else. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like drunk. Maybe a drugstore shouldn't have a big jar of poison in it. That looks like flour. <laughs> like looks like the flour jar. <laughs> Why does he have that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, I have I have rats. I need a prescription for poison. <laughs> and it's huge. It is huge. It's a huge jar of poison. And he's like, it's halfway through. Yes. Yes. It's halfway gone already. Or half full, depending on if you're a pessimist. In fairness, it says poison in big letters, though. Yes. But the other like on the other side of the jar, and I just saw this for the first time, said something else. Right. Like he's reusing this jar. Yeah. For <laughs> Take three a day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the original Dr. Kevorkian. <laughs> Mr. Gower's Dr. Death. Mr. Gower. So when we first see Jimmy Stewart playing George, he's probably playing 19, 20, something yeah. like that. He looks 40. He's graduated high school. <laughs> yes. And he's, he's college age. He yeah. would be going to college. And he's but... ready to go out there, see the world. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Jimmy Stewart has to play this character over about 20 years of his life. Stewart himself was 38 uh, when he made this movie. So wow. I think that's about what George is when he the, uh, when the movie ends. Same yeah. age as the guy playing his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Who looks like he's 100. Well, yes. When we see 12-year-old George, he goes to his dad at the bank or the, the building and so loan, old. and he's ancient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Carla said his dad's so old, and Janie said he's 32. <laughs> um, just everybody looked older Janie's back then. Jokes. <laughs> Janie also threw in when we first see Lionel Barrymore, fucking Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carla was a little confused by Sam Wainwright's catchphrase, hee-haw. Right. <laughs> so Sam Wainwright is George's yeah. lifelong friend who goes out and uh, makes a million uh, in the war effort. Yeah. He's <laughs> As like, a profiteer. Like the class clown who's a shrewd businessman. Yeah. <laughs> a very rare combination. And clearly like a player, too, because he's always got a lady. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. But imagine like running into your childhood friend when you're 40, still doing the fucking hee-haw thing. <laughs> If you were to say the same shit you said from childhood. Yes. Because he says it when they're on the, on the shovels. <laughs> yes. So weird. I don't know. I want to look it up. What does it mean? Uh, it's just, it's it's just, just his him. catchphrase. It's just, you won't find anything. You'll find, you'll find the country variety show from the 70s, of course. <laughs> That's going to be the first thousand hits are going to be. <laughs> Kiha the TV show. 
that actor, by the way, we have seen him in another Craigslist movie. He plays in Psycho. He's, what? he's the, he's another rich guy in Psycho. He's the rich guy that Janet Lee steals the money from at the beginning oh, of the, the movie. I never knew that. Which is another classic MacGuffin of misplacing money in an envelope. Yep. That's true. That's the only kind of movies he would do. <laughs> Does it have an envelope full of money? <laughs> Not interested. Does it get misplaced? Uh, <laughs> when we cut ahead to later in life and now Mary has grown up and she's now Donna Reed, uh, Janie said she really turned into a looker, that Mary. Uh, and Donna Reed is wonderful in this movie. She really is. <laughs> and she's a looker. She is a looker. See, she's when beautiful. they first see each other at the high school dance, it's, it's meant to beautiful. be. It's, it's beautiful. romantic. Though it still takes them like another four years to get together I know. after yeah. that. Well, you know? He's, he's mad. He pissed. <laughs> but he has to stay. Yeah. There's just no prospects in this town. There's like, there's Violet and Mary. It's like <laughs> the only two, two age appropriate women. Yeah. And you're just, you know, for four years, you're just waiting around. For Every other woman is approximately 90 years old. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, brief cameo from uh, Alfalfa. That's right. Which, Call her Alfalfa Schweitzer. <laughs> What's his name? Carl Alfalfa Schweitzer. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so he, of course, uh, opens up the dance floor so everybody falls in. It's really a wonderful, it's great. funny scene. I love I that think. scene. Yeah. And I just love Jimmy Stewart Charlestoning, uh, backwards, yeah. getting perilously close to the end of the pool, yeah. uh, every time. And just, uh, I don't know if this was the first movie where everybody's like, I don't know, I'm jumping in the pool too, <laughs> but it feels like that, that trope, uh, <laughs> Has been a big hit ever since then. Carl F. Alpha Schweitzer uh, met a terrible end. I believe he Aww. was killed over a gambling debt. Oh, no. Sorry. Poor Alfalfa. Look it up, crazy listeners. Um, and then look up Hee Haw and see if you find anything. <laughs> Let us know. But when Look, the- <laughs> look at an urban dictionary for Hee Haw. <laughs> It's not going to end well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Now I'm compelled to do it. (laughs) When Alfalfa and the other guy are conspiring to open up the dance floor and he's like, I've got the key, uh, Carla's like, what? This is a different movie. It did feel like it. It felt like a Hitchcock movie all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did that that scene, there are a couple moments in this movie that I felt like, I'm sort of aware of what the 180 rule is of filmmaking. Oh, I heard you say that, yeah. So yeah, they show, they show once, you know, there's Alfalfa, we see him full on, you know, uh, we're on a a medium close up of him looking, glumly looking at the dance floor, and then this guy comes up to him, and he kind of, kind of like leans, he's, He's leaning uh, backwards, so we see the back of his head. Then the camera completely turns around, Mm -hmm. so we see that guy from the front and Alfalfa from Alfalfa, (laughs) Alfalfa from the back. But like that's you're not supposed to do that, right? Right. No, yeah, Yeah, you're right because it's because it jolts the audience. Yeah, it It jolted me. Yes, it did. I got jolted. There are a couple other. edits where they go from a long into a medium and it's not on a movement and yeah. so it just it's very like yeah it, it makes you feel like you got uh turned around <laughs> yeah it's wild to see now yeah yeah also the scene with the old guy across the street why don't you kiss her like we were confused as to where he was placed in space as well so i think we had some notes for mr capra mr yeah. capra <laughs> he was just figuring it out he wasn't you know early to this whole filmmaking thing yeah i wonder when the 180 rule like really got established yeah. scorsese as, as i'm thing. sure <laughs> <laughs> and those marvel movies are not doing it no buffalo gal is the real breakout hit from uh, from this movie absolutely <laughs> it's a real jam 
Um, <laughs> and so that scene where he accidentally steps on Mary's robe and she's hiding in the hydrangea, uh, Janie said this would never fly in a Me Too situation. <laughs> uh, but then their dating gets interrupted because George, George's father's had a stroke. Carla said this is a very eventful night. It is. So a much lot going on. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Bailey uh, passes away and George inherits uh, the building and loan, basically. He's so, he's about to go on his dream trip. <gasps> he's going to go everywhere. He's going to go to Italy. He's going to go to other places. <laughs> but here's the thing. And I have to say, what choice did those did that board have? Because they can't leave Uncle Bill. Everyone knows they can't leave Uncle Billy in charge. No, right. it's true. Everyone knows. He wasn't even in so charge clear. and he fucked everything up. <laughs> He's teetering on insanity. In the version yeah. where George never lives, yeah. uh, Uncle Billy loses the business and goes to immediately, <laughs> immediately to an insane yeah. asylum. Loses yeah. his mind. <laughs> so that black crow that's in the office, that's Uncle Billy's crow, right? Yeah. Uncle Billy apparently has a crow, a squirrel, a, a dog. dog, an owl, mm-hmm. and I think I saw a monkey. Are you serious? <laughs> I did not see That a may have been the squirrel, which later we see crawling on him, but I think I saw a monkey in the corner what of the frame. What a strange and very specific character thing. And there's yeah. no dialogue to mention that. Yeah. 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 This guy's only in a handful of scenes, but it's like we, he should be surrounded by wild animals at all times. <laughs> Uh, we of course saw Thomas Mitchell as Scarlett O'Hara's father in Gone with the Wind. Oh, that's right, yeah. Of course. Uh, he was a, a very prolific character actor. The Crow, by the way, was in every Capra film from You Can't Take It With You. So it was his good look charm. It was kind of like, oh, is that God. true? Yeah. Weird. That's cool. Cause crows are really, really cool. They <laughs> are. They're so we get, we smart. We have crows in our neighborhood. You, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I love them. I want to make friends with them. You should leave little, little gifts for them. Apparently they like shelled peanuts. Oh. That's what I've been told. That's really cool. So Frank Capra had the crow and uh Gary Marshall had <laughs> Hector Elizondo. Hector Elizondo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who some say is a shape-shifting crow. <laughs> Hector Elizondo was in every Gary Marshall film, I, beginning with Young Doctors in, in Love. Just the way that Paul responded, like, this was a thing between the two of you. <laughs> it's our little thing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, we have our own life outside That's of your fine. relationship with Craig Carla. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who's Carla and Jimmy Stewart? He's cute. He really is. He really is. <laughs> he really is. He's, like you can't, it's not, it's, yeah, you can't argue it's a, with that. There's a lot of hot people in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that does Jimmy Stewart, say. Donna Reed. Donna Reed. Viol- uh, Gloria Violet? Graham as Violet Bick. Yeah, Gloria she's Graham. really good yeah. looking. I even think like Ernie the cab driver is like, yeah, he's, he's a good looking he's dude. He is. You know what I mean? And Bert was handsome too, the cop. Yeah. What was his? No, he was sort his... of Charles Bronson-y handsome, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, the young George is very is a very like you. I was looking at him and thinking, I bet he grew up to be like a really handsome right. dude, a good looking guy. And whatever happened to him? He's so good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of also easy... killed in a card game. <laughs> <laughs> Same card game as Alfalfa. <laughs> it was a bloodbath. <laughs> the murderer, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> He got away with it and went on to do <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's, another crime. Oh, um, come on. Bert the cop. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hasn't he suffered enough for that? Uh, Bert the cop, by the way, played by Ward Bond. No, it's not the movie that's bad. I know. I know. His role's bad. I'm very PC. I understand. <laughs> I'm very PC. I'm very woke. I get it. 
<laughs> I mean, it's bizarre. I mean, obviously, it there's bizarre. we've seen a lot of Hollywood classics with problematic things, but mm-hmm. Breakfast at Tiffany's probably the juxtaposition between the things that are wonderful and timeless about it, and yeah. then this one character is so jarring. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. But Ward Bond. In more of the AFI's top 100 movies than any other actor. Wow. He's in seven of them. Wow. It Happened One Night, Bringing Up Baby, Gone with the Wind, The Grapes of Wrath, The Maltese Falcon, It's a Wonderful Life, and The Searchers. Who is that? Ward Dang. Bond. The cop. Bert the Cop. Oh, the cop. Mostly yeah. in very small parts, but he's he was kind of a good luck charm. Good for that guy. And it's also believed that he's in more films that have been nominated for Best Picture than any other actor. Holy he was shit. in 13 films. Yeah. She said, Janie said... He was the Philip Seymour Hoffman of the 40s. You made it onto the podcast. Chime in. <laughs> Bye. Now, are the Muppets Burton Ernie named after the cop and cab driver from this movie? Yes. They have to be. They are not. It was, it was coincidental. I don't believe it's it. That can't be so. Also, the the Muppets made their debut. Uh, Bert and Ernie specifically made their debut. Their debut. <laughs> oh yes, we know you're fancy. <laughs> in 1969, this movie really wasn't a timeless classic. In 1969, it was kind of forgotten. And uh, Jerry Jewell, who was uh, the head writer on Sesame Street and Jim Henson's collaborator, says it was merely coincidental. I don't believe that. I don't buy it. I don't either. He don't says Jim it. Henson took a look at those puppets and said they look like a Bert and an Ernie. I think that yeah, was in because his, of yeah. the characters in It's a Wonderful Life. Exactly. <laughs> Even if he doesn't know that that's why he said it, exactly, it was still there in that's his exactly brain. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Beulah Bondi plays Ma Bailey. She played Jimmy Stewart's mother in five different movies. What? That's cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> and we're putting in our cuckoo sound drop to note a cuckoo moment in movie history. In five different movies. Up until the 1970s, she was still acting as, as Jimmy Stewart's mother. That's wild. That's why he kisses her like that. Because he knows her well, so you well. said stop kissing your mom like that. Because he kisses her right on the lips multiple times, right? I mean, I can, I know that I sometimes make fun of old timey things just because they're old timey and mm. they were fine at the time. But even that was like too Th- much. It was never okay to kiss your mom like no. that. No. Okay. Unless you guys kissed your mom like that? Not, not that for, I can remember. I, I've kissed my mother on the lips, but not for more than a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, there was. It was kind of the same kiss he was giving Mary. Yeah, he's a loving guy. Okay. Then you know everybody's pushing George and Mary to get together. He's so fucking pouty about it. Yeah, he's so resentful because I think he knows that of like this is the woman that's perfect for me, and I'm going to marry her. We're going to have kids. We're going to settle down. This I already love her. I love her so much that I'm acting like a dick to her. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, and now I'm going to have to take care of her and the kids and be stuck here forever and ever. But just plus the, her bitch mom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really her an, mom is such a bitch. <laughs> that lady, she made the most of it, man. She fucking made the most of it. She's hilarious. Oh, she chews up that scene, and oh. she's so great in it. Maybe he's calling from New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it's it's oh. so great. Of like, he's pouting outside her house. Like Mary, she's she's 
she's painted this picture, you know, yeah. she's got Buffalo gals on the turntable yeah, yeah, ready yeah. to go. Like yeah. she's been waiting four years yeah. for this guy to like show something to her. But then that staging of them having to listen to Sam's phone call at the same oh. time, getting closer and closer together. God like damn. it's so it's sweet. Really good. You can smell them smelling each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sexy. It's very sexy. Yeah. It's a hot scene. It's a hot scene, you guys. <laughs> it's a Ryan Murphy style hot scene. <laughs> Like you'd see on FX. <laughs> I did get a casting call for a Ryan Murphy show yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I was, I was intrigued by it. It's for a Netflix show, Ryan mm-hmm. Murphy. And then it said, this actor will be, uh, wearing a prosthetic penis. <laughs> and I'm like, another one? Another one? <laughs> on top of the one I'm already wearing? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't hit decline fast enough. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. For co-star money? For co-star money? <sighs> so when Ryan Murphy's show Hollywood comes out on Netflix, look for the poor sap <laughs> who had to wear the fake dick. What if it's me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, heard those, I heard this part is still open. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to go against all those dumb as a rabbit guys, though. <laughs> so George and Mary do get married. They they get a nice little uh, wad of money for yeah. their honeymoon, but there's a run on the bank. It's the Great Depression, yeah. and he, they've got to give out all their money to the people in the town. Uh Janie said, oh, is it the Great Depression? I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) The woman who says 1750, apparently was 17 in the script, and Capra said right before the take of like, tell him 1750. And uh, so she threw that in. And so uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart's reaction of kissing her on the mouth was an improvisation as well because he he was so surprised by her saying the specificity of 1750. That moment is so good. It is. Also, I love the scene where Jimmy Stewart is clearly just laughing at Thomas Mitchell being drunk. The scene where, uh, where yeah. Uncle Billy is about to leave and you hear it. Thomas Mitchell really crashed into a bunch of shit. Now they augmented that sound in post, but apparently he did like walk off really? and, and bumped into a bunch of stuff and Jimmy Stewart broke and they left it in there. Aww. Uh, and that's a really <laughs> wonderful moment. I also love the guy that's like, he wants his $242. <laughs> he's going to get that on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how much did he need? $242. But here's another great level that Jimmy Stewart plays is his reactions to their house. So um, they've, they've spent all their honeymoon yeah. m- money. They can't go out on this romantic trip. But uh, she did get the old house that they used to just throw rocks in to break the windows <laughs> yeah. at 320 Sycamore. And then this is when the movie kind of slows down for a bit to allow him to really have the realization of taking in this house. And mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Carla on Mr. Stop Potter. Oh, movies. <laughs> oh. Ah, movies. Carla on Mr. Potter. Brian Cox would play this part now. Yep. Uh, and then Janie said it a couple minutes later. She did. She had we the same the realization <laughs> that it's basically succession. <laughs> We noticed a skull on Potter's desk that we had never seen before. And then I fa- I I posted it on Twitter. I took a screen cap and posted it on Twitter and somebody said it was a Memento Mori watch that that and they 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 posted a pic they linked to it. And apparently that skull you can see in the in the picture that I posted there's a chain leading from it and you open it up and there's a clock face inside. Oh. And I guess these were uh uh, uh, like a, a very fashionable thing, hmm. um, uh, from a bygone era. 
Paul, how does it feel like to have knowledge at your fingertips every time you post something? <laughs> knowledge or one million joke answers? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The only way I get knowledge is if I just post something with no question. If I post a question, all I get are joke answers. Interesting. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Okay. Sometimes people tell me things I already know because I didn't put a question at the uh, end. So it's right. a blessing and a curse is what you're saying. Exactly. You okay. have to know how to game the system. <laughs> Or they point out the real fact that clearly you was the basis of the joke that you were making in the first place. That's been known to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a montage of war footage, which I montage. imagine was- <laughs> <laughs> There's a montage. You've seen that clip of uh, Alex Trebek saying genre, right? Oh. <laughs> it's it's absolutely worth your time if you haven't it, seen it. It's genre. So, genre. He doesn't even complete it. No. Just lets it hang every time. Uh, I imagine Capra was using some of the war footage that he actually shot for that. There's some bad mm-hmm. rear projection, as you pointed out. There was one really bad one at the plastics factory mm-hmm. with <laughs> Harry Wainwright and some, some kernels. <laughs> but I never noticed it before. I never noticed it before. So after seeing what everyone's doing in the war, Janie said, so now we have to remember everyone's going to have PTSD. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everyone in Bedford Falls is now they they've gone through horrors <laughs> <laughs> and then it's actually kind of jarring when the angels say of like oh and that brings us to today and i'm like today like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah the day before christmas and it's like you kind of simultaneously remember oh yeah there's a christmas movie <laughs> right and oh yeah there's angels who have been watching this the right, whole time right. they haven't commented in a while <laughs> so uncle billy loses the 8000 carla said what is he doing what a dummy um pot calling the kettle black Oh. Um, Carla said, this is stressful. Um, we, when they had that scene in Uncle Billy's house, Paul said, imagine being in the depths of despair and a squirrel crawls on you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ultimate insult. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> uh, and he comes home, he yells at his kids. Oh. Uh, I mean, yes, that scene where he's holding his son so tightly and starts crying just gets me. Why do we have to have all these kids? Carla said, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the, the moment where what's so great about that scene is, is not just the, the, it's not just that he loses it and yells at the kids, but when he's, when he keeps trying to get it back and like be nice again, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not working and, you know, just that like they're all in horror and he's like, I'm sorry. Uh, what word did you want to know again? He's like, nothing, yeah. daddy. <laughs> Go ahead. Play, play the piano. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, daddy. <laughs> oh, so sad. My dad had a temper like that where he was like zero to 60, you know, in like 10 seconds. And then five minutes later, he'd forget that he ever yelled at you, you know, right. and you're, you're still. Uh, you're still shaking and he's ready to make up right away and literally like forgot about it. That was my, that was our dynamic with my family, but we would do it on purpose. The idea was <laughs> you would get, you'd get the other person all revved up and then you would calm down and be like, it's no, it's over. Why are we still, I understand why you're still so upset. Yeah. I have a bad temper and I will, I go like from zero to anger very quickly, but my thing now is, Immediately while I'm in the anger, apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> apologizing with anger? Yeah. yeah. Saying, I'm sorry. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's healthy. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than it was. <laughs> and then we see his youngest, Zuzu. Uh, Carla said, I want to do my hair like that. Yeah. She's a cutie. <laughs> 
Uh, and of course, she's got the, uh, the Zuzu's pedals, which he puts mm-hmm. in his, which are important. That's why there's the close up of putting the pedals in his pants. Yeah. Um, he chews out Zuzu's teacher and her, her husband over the phone. Um, I love when Potter says, you once called me a warped, frustrated old man. It's like, oh, this guy's Trump. Like he remembers yeah. every single yeah. slight. He remembers yeah, yeah, yeah. the exact phrase. Word for word. Of yeah. how you said it yeah, years yeah, yeah. ago. And he waited. <laughs> To use it against he him. Waited. Uh, you're worth more dead than alive, Carla said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jan- Janie so said, hard. now shit gets real, Carla. And Carla <laughs> said, it was so real before, though. <laughs> and then they, at Martini's bar, they run into the guy, uh, the husband of the teacher that he had yelled out over the phone. The one guy who doesn't know George Bailey on site in Bedford Falls. Right, right. <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> You said, what a shitty husband. His wife is crying, so he goes out drinking. Alone on on Christmas Eve. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I did my part. I yelled at that guy on the phone. (laughs) Uh, George gets in his car, crashes into a tree. Uh, Janie said, buzz driving is drunk driving. Um, That's a hard hit, too, when he crashes in that tree. And there were no seatbelts back then. (laughs) And then... Uh, because Frank Capper is an expert in heightening, this guy says, my great-grandfather put in that tree. And Carla said, oh, come on. <laughs> like it's We're tipping the scales to ridiculousness now. Uh, but then we get uh, Henry Travers makes his first appearance in the movie as Clarence. And, yeah, I mean, it's relatively little screen time for such a memorable performance. So sweet. I and love him. He's he, so great. Yeah. He makes some really funny, weird choices that you're not used to seeing in that time, you know, of filmmaking. Yeah. But well, like when he's ordering the drink and everything, it's like, I love that. It's so, he's really just taking his time. <laughs> oh, it's ooh, so ooh, good. Some, what is it? Oh, I want to say, oh, <laughs> mulled wine, uh, hold the cinnamon. Yeah. Away with you, my good man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you said he's not shy about telling the whole thing. Oh, that, that's because Clarence right away is like, yeah, I'm an angel. Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah. like, there's no mystery right away, which is kind of good. Like, yeah. we know. Yeah. We know what's going on. Like, but also no, like, easing you into a, like, look, there's – here's what you have to understand about the universe. Right. Is that God does exist and uh, there are – there is such a place as heaven and we are sent here to help you. She's like, ah, I'm an angel. Ah, no, of course I don't have my wings yet. I didn't earn them. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> And then Sheldon Leonard as Nick the bartender with some very memorable lines in his short screen time. We serve hard drinks for men who want to get drunk fast. Yeah. (laughs) That's my kind of bar, right? (laughs) Out you two pixies go through the door, through the window. And uh, Sheldon Leonard was a very famous uh, producer of television, which it just seems so incongruous to this actor that I'm mm-hmm. seeing in front of me, but produced famously Andy Griffith show and the Dick Van Dyke show. And, uh, and you see him pop up on TV a lot in that era. Yeah. yeah. So when you watch old TV, you'll see a Sheldon Leonard production uh, at the end of uh, a lot of those. And if you, we talked about this off mic, but if you see him, he's exactly the same as he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This might have been Janie. I, I didn't know Potter was such a perv. Was that Janie or you? It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't You're know disavowing that line. Well, because when we see now with, now that George Bailey is dead, 
Uh, it's now Pottersville. Oh, oh, and yeah, we go yeah, yeah. through the town square and it's like strip club, strip club, <laughs> jazz club, jazz club. But it's not strip club. It's like 20 gorgeous ladies. The but jitterbug. <laughs> there was one marquee that said strip tease. Oh, it did? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's where the money is. Yeah, you know. And so it's a chance to see what the world would be like without you, and it is dark. It is. Uncle Bailey's in an insane asylum. Harry Bailey uh, died in the water because his brother wasn't there to save him. It's causing like, multiple soldiers to die in World War II. Yes. Oh, that was so – like that really hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, because he saved all those guys. <laughs> but it reminded me of Back to the Future. Part two, when they go to the future, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a different place. <clears throat> and Biff has made a fortune because exactly. uh, he's, he's got Trump, the almanac. Basically, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, can we stop talking about <laughs> Trump, guys? Uh- <laughs> and Carla said to George, "Now do you get it? You can't kill yourself, do you? Do you get it?" Here's a couple of Carla observations during the most moving uh, parts of the movie. Sorry. At the end, his hair looks good curly. <laughs> And, <laughs> it did. And on, he looked real handsome. And on Donna Reed, look at her cool boots. Yeah, they were. They were cool. <laughs> and the scene where George is running down uh, the the main street while jo- Bert the cop shoots after him. Janie said, "Still relevant today, guys." <laughs> the the way he was shooting was not. It, his arm was flailing back and forth. Like he was basically waving his gun and just pulling the trigger. And the way that the movie is headed at this point, it wouldn't be out of character for multiple people to just drop dead. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You see people ducking, which I never noticed before. But just the townspeople are just like, oh, my God. (laughs) What's happening? Uh, So what do we think of the end to this movie? Pretty great? Perfect. It's so perfect. It's so good. It's so good. Every every single person that comes up to the table – I love the the guy who rips up the arrest warrant and then yes. he starts singing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The bank examiner has to put some money in. Yeah. Even though he wants to go home to spend Christmas <laughs> with his family in Elmira. Yeah. <laughs> he waited until whatever time it is on Christmas Eve. Oh, and then oh. Harry comes in after having flown through a snowstorm to get there because he yeah. knew that George was a troll. <laughs> Sam Rain so White good. is uh, wiring 25000 Yes. Yeah. Hee-haw. Hee-haw. Something I never noticed before, the the teacher's husband who punches George out in the bar 20 minutes previous is there at the end. <laughs> so weird. Singing with everybody else. <laughs> I think Martini and Nick probably filled him in on the whole story of George. After they threw him out of the bar? Yeah, yeah. Like, wait till George leaves and then we'll go get that guy and explain the situation. <laughs> and the but te- wait, wait. They didn't know. So here's what, here's what had to have happened, right? Is that is that Mary is telling everyone, hey, George is in trouble. We need to raise a bunch of money. Does he even tell Mary? I don't know. How, How does, does she, she find out? Probably Uncle I don't know. Billy, right? Probably un- Uncle Billy. Maybe. Yeah. He's, a, he's at home get, having a squirrel crawl on him at this yeah. point. <laughs> he's he's crawl. gets all the squirrels off him. <laughs> Throws off all the squirrels and then tells her. So then she goes and tells everyone. So then Martini and Nick would have to hunt down Mr. Welch, the teacher's husband, and sure. say, hey, do you remember – you were so upset at George Bailey. Here's what's going on. And then this guy, I guess, was like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> you don't have to give any money, but at least show up at the party. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it'll mean a lot to George. Show up at the party. Don't apologize. Just be there. Just be there. Oh. 
Don't bring Mrs. Welch, though. That's going to be a tricky thing. Yeah. Was she there? I now want to go back and we see. We don't know what she looked Who like. was she? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. See if you can pick out the most likely person. And then Zuzu said, uh, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wing. Like, what kind of school is she going to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She said gets his wings, which it should have been there. Because it could be a lady angel. That's right. It could be Does she say his a or its? She says his. His wings. Hmm. Hmm. Or its? No, she says I Gets heard his. his. Okay. To the point where I even made a mental note of it. <laughs> Drew says. <laughs> Carla. <laughs> so sorry. Paul, do you want to give this movie a letter grade? Uh, yes. I want to give this an A triple plus. A triple plus. <laughs> yeah. Carla? This might, you know what? I can't. I can't say it's my favorite. You love Jaws. I love Jaws. I love Lawrence of Arabia. Those mm-hmm. are like oh, my top Arabia, two. Right. I'm going to say this is right up there. This is. This is. They're all tied for first in my book mm. of movies that I could watch again and again and again. I'm so glad we had you for this episode, then, Carla. Me too. I'm going to give this an A. A. Just straight up A. Sure. Great. A for. A for. Uh. For what? A. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> a yep. wonderful life, comma, it's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is my favorite movie we've covered so far in the podcast. It's going to stay right where it is on the list. Maybe moving up more. Maybe I don't know. Up. We've still got five more movies to cover. Maybe they're going to suck. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> That would be quite a reversal. That would be a reversal. I did take number eight completely off the list. Manhattan? Manhattan. Uh, yeah. yeah. Had to go. Had to go. Not great. Paul, there's so many. When num- it's time to change, you've got to rearrange. <laughs> as the Brady Bunch once said. <laughs> so off key. Well, Peter's voice was changing. It's true. But they used it. <laughs> they made what? it work. They if made you it work. were just listening to that song and you didn't know the backstory of his voice, <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Yeah. You'd just be like, this is terrible. <laughs> Context is everything. Context is king. <laughs> Uh, Paul, there's so many memorable characters in this movie that for the, for the improv scene, uh. Oh my god, I forgot about it. I forgot about scene. it. Too. There's an improv scene. Would you rather be George, Potter, or Clarence? And certainly, you know, if we don't cast something, you can hop in on anybody else. I mean, I'd well. like to be Mr. Potter, I think. Like to be Mr. Yeah. Potter. Great. The voice Great. is too fun to do. Okay. Okay. It's, uh. <laughs> I guess I'm Mary. No. Oh. This is this is my idea. It's oh. it's the early seventies. It's uh, you know Watergate era. <laughs> um, George is retired. Zuzu's running the bank. <laughs> Potter's still alive. The savings loan is having some trouble, and uh, uh, George Bailey and his daughter Zuzu go to Potter for some help. Wow. I never thought I'd come crawling back to you, 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 you p- pathetic old man. Well, 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 if it isn't the retired George Bailey. Oh. And who's this, your new wife? My new wife? Yeah. Well, I think you're a Potter, creep. I'm Zuzu. Zuzu. And I'm here to support my father in our business. Support him in his failed business, giving out money to a bunch of, <laughs> you know, people of other races. I, I guess I can't call them what I used to call them back then. No, you can't. Okay. They do eat a lot of garlic, though. You gotta admit. Now, Mr. Potter, I brought my uh, great uncle Billy Squirrel. Hold today. on a second. I can't see it. Shove me up. That's right. 
I should have a motorized wheelchair. I can afford it, but I still make this guy push me around. <laughs> you still got the same bodyguard. That's right. He guards my body. And this squirrel is going to turn you into a nice man. He's going to crawl on you and make you feel the warmth of the Christmas spirit. Oh, some disease rat going to get on me and <laughs> Well, he does have a disease. Life. Yes, that's true, but... He's very friendly. Well, uh, give, me, give it a try, Mr. Potter. Look at you crawling in here with some glorified hamster, <laughs> cheeks full of nuts, and that's not even a, the squirrel. Get it? No, I, I <laughs> yeah. got it. Yeah. Mr. Burned. Potter. Uh, you, all, you all got burned on that one. <laughs> my mother died recently. Hooray. <laughs> and my father's been very grumpy and cranky and upset about what could have been but wasn't. Still, this is still well, your thing. Well, we, we, we had a trip scheduled for her for her seventieth. Oh, you and your trips. We were going to take a cruise to Alaska. Hey, do you ever think stop scheduling trips? Be more spontaneous <laughs> at the moment. You probably go somewhere. That's a good point. Every time something comes up, you know, something brings me right to Bedford Falls. This is your problem. You plan things out months in advance. <laughs> We've come here today to get back the eight thousand dollars that you stole from us that many years ago. What? what, 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 what? Uh, eight thousand? I'm sure I don't know anything you're talking about. Oh, you don't know it. Uncle Billy left it in a newspaper on your lap. Well, you can't prove that. Well, he re- he finally remembered about ten years after the fact. Oh, when, when he was in the insane asylum. So. <laughs> That's right. We had him committed. We had him committed. What happened? He deserved it. He lost $8,000. No argument here. He had strings on all his limbs, all his digits. <laughs> Poor fellow couldn't remember anything. Well, I, I'm not admitting anything, mind you, but I do happen to have $8,000. I'm not doing anything with. Kept it in this brittle, old, yellowed envelope for... A while, just in case. Uh, call it my mad money. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, the, be so, here. So now I can go to school? I can go to college? I can get a degree? I can go see the world with $8,000? Oh, the globe-trotting Baileys. You'll be back here before you know it. Pa? No Bailey can ever leave Bedford Falls. What? Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> There's an ancient curse. Oh, well, I figured it was something like that. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. <laughs> oh, my What's... goodness. A teacher always said every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. What? What? Gets their wings? Their wings. Surely gets its wings. No, it's there. Well, gets his wings. Angels are boys. They're gendered? Angels are gendered. Do they have genitals? Oh. Okay, Mr. Potter, we're, we're getting out of your office right now. Hey, enjoy that squirrel. Uh, enjoy that box of cigars I sent you that you never said thank you for. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Paul, thank you. This podcast has been winding to a close, but we had to have you back, and we're so happy you did, especially for this movie. Guys, thank you for having me, and thank you for having me especially for this movie. It was so much fun to watch it with you guys, and uh, at this time of year, it was all Super wonderful. fun. It was a wonderful life. <laughs> or time. <laughs> uh, anything you want to you plug? Neighborhood Listen? The Neighborhood Listen, which is uh, myself and uh, Nicole Parker. We take posts from Nextdoor and other net, uh, social networking apps, and uh, we improvise around them in character. And uh, we just finished our first season, but season two will be coming in the new year. Cool. 
It's so funny, and you and Nicole are such a great team. Thank you, Craig. Get an episode, and he's hilarious as a Vincent Price aficionado <laughs> slash impersonator. <laughs> I had a blast. Carla, we're moving into the top five. Whee! Top five. I mentioned Capra's It's uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Did I mention that? No, I mentioned Capra's <laughs> It Happened One Night, which was the first movie to win the big five at the Oscars. Picture, oh, yeah. actor, actress, director, screenplay. It didn't happen again for another 41 years, and that's the next movie on our list. Uh, and it's, uh, the actor in case was, uh, Jack Nicholson. The actress was Louise Fletcher. Oh, yeah. The director is Milos Forman. The movie is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And, uh, to do that, we have a returning guest. Our friend Todd Cooper was on very oh, early on in this podcast wow. to cover the rules several of the game. Ago. Yeah, several years ago. I don't know if he's still around. <laughs> we should reach out. <laughs> we should double check. We had we him to cover it. Jean Renoir's The Rules of the Game, a movie that Todd and Carla hated. <laughs> <laughs> so we promised Todd a better movie. He's never seen One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> He's never seen it. Uh, we'll see if anybody likes that, but that will be the next one coming up uh, in the new year on Craigslist. So please tune in. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year in jail. <laughs> the list is an absolute good. The list is life. 